every parent does the same thing and i often talk to people like this who have a hang up about their own parents and, and the stuff that's passed on to them think about it every parent says i will not pass on the shit that happened to me to my kids that's what they intend to do good intentions the thing i say to everybody now is it doesn't work that way it's not that easy if it was that easy none of this shit would be passed on the problem all of the generations before us and people in our generation who are not doing this work, maybe for the person listening, if you are not doing this work, I guarantee you, this is not a possibility. It's not you might pass stuff on. You are passing on the stuff that you don't like about your parents to your children. You just don't know you're doing it because it's subconscious in the same way that they passed it on to you. And if, when you think about it logically, no parent that I've ever seen or come across has purposefully said, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pass on all of all the crap I had from my parents to my kids. No one does that. And yet that's what happens because it's all going on subconsciously. And that's where the compassion comes in because, and the taking responsibility that we touched on last time. Yes. As soon as you take responsibility and go, shit, I'm passing this on as well. Then you can have more compassion for the people who were above you and passed it down to you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. Look, today, Paul Cope is my guest. And for those of you that know that name, Paul has been on before. His episode was called, It's Not a Trauma, It's a Programming Experience. It's the most highly rated episode that we have to date. And in not just that, it's the one that most people quote to me say, hey, it's my favorite episode, or hey, I love that one, the trauma. It's not a trauma, it's a programming experience. So I decided to reach out to Paul and say, hey, man, we need to talk again. It's been a year. Let's talk from a place of where both of us are as men, as evolved men, as men who have grown and, and learned and experienced things over the last year. Let's talk from that perspective. And it's, it was an incredible conversation. So much depth here. So before you invest your time, I'm going to tell you what you're going to experience. And then you can make that decision. You know my commitment. I'm not going to drop anything that's not, that's not great for you. So here it is. We're going to talk about programming and a lot of programming and what it means and how we get it. One of the things we're going to be talking about is the programming of the programmers. Just think about that. The programming of your programmers and having compassion for your parents and their parents and who programmed them that then programmed you? Understanding and having compassion for how they got their programming, where that came from, is really important to clearing out your past programming and starting fresh. Cool? We're gonna talk about, uh, man, we're gonna talk about being in flow, taking care of yourself, putting yourself first, the duality in life. We're gonna talk about being flawed. And, and even in the coaching journey, you're never gonna be perfect, you're never gonna be not affected by something. You might be able to get through something faster. You might be able to like ignore that thing that used to piss you off and now it doesn't anymore. It's still going to affect you in some capacity. You just now have new skills, new habits, new mindset all around that, right? We're going to be talking about depression and anxiety, talking about really, really making time for you. We're going to talk about switching the question of putting, it's the, the language that you use when you put your question into the search engine. And I'm talking like the search engine of your brain. 
why should I do this versus why shouldn't I do this? Or I need to take a vacation versus I don't have time. I can't do it. What are all the reasons why I can't take a vacation? And then the search engine that is your brain brings it up and says, hey, this is why and confirms. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk very specifically about language and environment. And those being massive, I mean, obviously programming and beliefs are huge. We're going to talk about language and environment being a massive part of your life and how little changes, right? This isn't big, big strides. This is little changes. I talk a lot about the little changes that I've made in my environment, whether it's at my house or I go leave my office and go in my car and work for a couple hours or a couple of days. The environment and the language are so crucial to your results. Really want you to take a look at your language and your environment specifically having to do with your programming or having to do with the results of your life. So that's that. And then I give a really cool Tyler Perry uh, kind of quote at the end about, you know, people being there for certain seasons of your life and like rocket boosters peeling off because they can't, they can't get to the orbit that you're getting to, right? That you intend to get to. So we're going to talk about all that stuff and more. Paul's such a great guest. You guys are going to have such a great time. Before we jump into that, remember menonpurpose.net is our everything you need about mental purpose, the show notes, the information about our courses, our, our, our courses to find your purpose, the courses to find yourself, your authentic self, to work through all your past programming, to have a better relationship with your spouse, to make more money, all that stuff's in there. All of our free stuff's in there. A one-on-one coaching program and our retreats are in there too. So menonpurpose.net, everything you need. If you haven't yet, also, please join the Men on Purpose community on Facebook. That's starting to ramp up and we're getting, we're getting a lot of traction there too. And uh, that's it. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. All right, Paul, back for round two, man. Part two of It's Not a Trauma, It's a Programming Experience, part two. I'm telling you, I told you before we started recording, that has been the one most common used or quoted uh, or, or the, the most used quote from any podcast I've ever done. When people talk to me like, hey, man, I love this episode. It's not a trauma. It's a programming experience. Like just that thing that you said alone sparked this whole, you know, additional discussion with so many people that reach out to me. So I wanted to have you back because like we were saying earlier, now that you and I are a year more evolved, what what can we talk about and and give to the audience now? And that's just, I'm super curious about that. What's up, guys? I'm so sorry to interrupt the episode. I just need one minute to share with you all the new and exciting, amazing stuff we've got created here at Men on Purpose. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the movement we're creating for all the men of the world. Next, you've got to check out our new website, menonpurpose.net, where you'll find all kinds of cool stuff, including links to our podcast and the free Men on Purpose community. You're also going to find our new free purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook and links to all of our new coaching programs and products. Look, I've had so many of you ask me where to get started with your personal growth journey or where you can go to level up. So I put this thing together, this free ebook and mini course, and we're going to be talking about and coaching you through a really light version of our purpose-driven formula, which is our foundational formula. And for those of you who are ready now, we got you. Listen up, whether it's becoming the best husband, being the best dad, quitting that job that doesn't serve you, or just understanding how to put you first, we've got what you need to align with your authentic self and find that true fulfillment and live a life with no regrets. Look, we're helping men with structure, support, and sustainability. That's what you've asked for, and that's what we deliver. As we lead you through 
proven and tested curriculum that focuses on formulas to help you get farther faster. So make sure you go to menonpurpose.net, click the button to download our free, powerful, purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook. And while you're there, make sure you check out some of our amazing products designed to help you find your purpose, stop self-sabotage, and dial in your mindset, skills, and habits to evolve into the best version of you. Why? Because we want you to live and have the best life possible. No regrets. So mentalpurpose.net, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for having me back on to begin with. I, Absolutely. I loved, our, loved our conversation a year ago. And and I was very flattered. It's it's always a really bizarre thing for me. I'm sure you have a similar experience. <laughs> this. When, when you go from not talking publicly to talking publicly, yeah. and then you have people say things to you, like quoting you back to yourself and saying, yeah. oh, I that really helped me. There's always this part of me that's like, really? Yeah, <laughs> so I have I have people, some people say to me who like listen to my podcast over here, part of my community, they'll say that, you know, their their husband or their wife gets sick of them saying, well, Paul Hope <laughs> says this. And, and my voice, I had a friend who walked into a room and my voice was playing on this person's radio. And she was like, how is my friend on your radio? Right. And they're like, oh, I listen to his podcast. And they, it just blew my friend's mind. And it, it yeah. still blows my mind that, that this happens all around the world. And it's, it's a, I feel very privileged and very honored. So I'm glad, glad it had an impact. Yeah, I mean, that's programming in, in, in itself. We're, we're programmed that, you know, podcasts are just something that you do to just, you know, talk to other people and get your voice out there. And it's one of the mediums that you use for authority or you know if you want to write a book or you have a podcast or you do this other thing for authority uh you know just to get your message and your voice out there and and the program is like well it's not real radio it's not over the broadcast airwaves like a traditional radio station so you know how many people are listening how many people are really going to get this and you know the mental purpose podcast itself is almost at 300 episodes 100 and uh, you know, 40 with me as the owner of it, the first 160 episodes were junk, honestly. And I scrapped them because they just didn't, didn't work. And I was fighting my own programming saying, if you, if you scrap those episodes, you'll lose your SEO. You'll lose everything that was valuable about this podcast, which the podcast wasn't valuable except for the name, which is all I valued. And that's what I took. And I scrapped the other stuff and fought myself on that. Still think it was a good idea. And there, dude, programming shows up in so much like you were mentioning a story about your dad and about uh and i said i started to listen to the episode this morning just to kind of get familiar with what we had talked about and i stopped it like five minutes in because i don't mind if we repeat because who we are today as the evolved versions of us it won't be said the same it won't be received the same it won't be the same, even if it's the exact same word for her, which it probably won't be. And you said, here's some of my programming. Yeah, absolutely. My, my dad used to, um, as I was, and I, it was a vivid thing for me growing up. He would say the same thing over and over again. You'd sit around the family dinner table and he would tell a story. I must, I've got a big sister who's a couple of years older than me and we'd look at each other and he would tell a story as if he'd never told it before. I mean, my sister knew the story so well, we could tell the story <laughs> ourselves. Like he, he literally told it thousands of times, not once or twice. And he would tell it as if we'd never heard it before, but he wouldn't acknowledge that he'd said it before. So I realized I had, I still have and had this paranoia of repeating myself. So when yeah. I started doing coaching and things, I'd constantly be saying, and I still do it now. It's one of the things I still have to work on. 
have I told you this before? Did I, have I said this before? And then, as I said to you earlier, when I got into the coaching world, I realized, and it was one of my first coaches who I loved in New York told me this once. He said, Paul, coaching is just saying the same thing over and over again until the person you're saying it to gets it. Yes. Because you'll say it in a different way next time and it'll suddenly land. And so I've, I'm, it's one of those things I'm completely changing my programming about. I'm going from one extreme to the other, from a a fear of saying the same thing again and again to unashamedly saying to people, I will repeat this over and over again until you understand it deep inside your soul, not just in your mind, because that's, that's something else I realized that a therapist said this to me once. You don't, you can learn things inside. Like, and I used to say to people, I, and I get something intellectually. I can understand it intellectually, but I don't feel like it's a part of me yet. And this therapist said to me, yeah, there's a, a train of thought that unless you are doing it, you don't know it. And that's something I love. And you know, you can't, you can't know something and do it unless you practice it again and again and again, especially when the programming experiences thing is huge. I still talk about it all the time. When, you know, I started doing this work properly in my life when I was 38 years old. So I had 38 years, probably millions and millions and millions of programming experiences repeated. Think about that, Joe, with a parent. How many times in your childhood, especially when you're living with them 24-7, yeah. they're doing the same thing over and over again. And it's being, it's being repeatedly pumped into you. Yeah. And we think, and they, people often get frustrated with this. We think you can just change overnight that you can't we're not we're not laptops you can't just wipe it clean and start again we have to slowly undo all of that programming and replace it with something else which means doing it over and over again yeah what's interesting about that is in the moment you can make a change in the moment transformation can happen in that moment it takes a long time for it to seep through and percolate down into the depths of the conscious and or subconscious and conscious and unconscious minds. It takes time. Yet at every moment you have the power to make a different choice. That's where transformation can happen instantly. However, if you go back and you don't let it soak in, it didn't do anything. Yeah. Just didn't do anything. And I, I told, I like to tell people, I, I guys, I'd be a multi-billionaire if I could figure out how to talk to you once on, on Zoom and, and your entire life is different. And it could be if you made every single choice of every single moment of your life differently and more serving than the last ones that you made that got you the results that you didn't want, maybe that could work. Yet, like you're talking about how reinforced are all of those programs that were, I mean, dude, household, school, TV, just those three alone were major contributors and probably took up, what do you think, like an 80% mind share of a young person, even into like your teenage years. Then you go to college and you get programmed if you go to college or you go to a job and you get programmed even more. And programming is literally like it's the name of the game. It's what you're being, it's what's being done to you by, uh, you know, society and credit card companies and Amazon and, and all these companies that want you to buy stuff and think that you need their stuff and why, and, you know, creative marketing tactics. And then you're programmed in school, you're pro everything's programming. I mean, just go walk outside and look at billboards. It's, those are programming. It's, just, it's teaching you that you need this. Why? I didn't even know. I, need, I didn't even know that product was, was a thing. And now I realize I need it. 
six seconds ago, I didn't know that, <laughs> yeah. you know? So we are, we are constantly, I don't want to say fighting programming. We are constantly up against potentially non-serving programming from day one of our lives, right? Would that be a fair yeah. assessment? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, something I would say from like the second you come out in this, into this world, you are a pure human. There is nothing yeah. wrong with you when you were born. You are, you are pure. You, you don't re, you don't know that anything isn't good enough. You don't think that any part of you isn't good enough. And one of the first things any hu- grown up human says to a baby human is don't cry. Yeah. That's, that's a programming experience. You don't even, we don't even know we're doing it. We say it very innocently, but I, I still have to fight the urge when I see someone crying to say to them, don't cry. And I've, I've replaced that now with cry as much as you need to. Because even that as a programming experience from a very young age, being told not to cry yeah. tells us that there's something wrong with this purely, perfectly natural thing that's happening. And, yeah. and that programming experience in itself tells us we're not good enough as we are. And that's, that's right from the beginning, right from yeah. the moment we land here. Yeah, moment we land here. It's, it, it's uh, true, so true. And you don't know, see, what, what I want to get into with you today is the programming of the programmer, right? The programming of the programmer. So the programming that our parents were programmed by who were our programmers and like our grandparents and their programming from different generations, different times, technology differences, those kind of things. It's interesting to look at how our programmers were programmed to understand how we were programmed. You know, and that's, you have to, you can't just write your parents off. You can't do that. They programmed you and you've got to understand where they were coming from because a lot of guys that I talk to have anger or resentment toward their parents for a certain type of program that they're running or a certain type of result that they've gotten in their lives. And although you can forgive yourself and move on, there's still something that you have to address back there and clear or it's coming along with you to every new present moment, even unconsciously, it's going to come along. So there's a compassion to understand that your parents didn't have a manual, even if they read what to expect when expecting and all these parenting books, those people were programmed by programmers too. And so your situation is completely different. Your parents' situation is completely different. So you gotta, you got to stop for a second and understand how you were programmed by your programmers and why. And when you do that, you understand your programming better and be able to let it go, I think, easier. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You used a word in, in the middle there, compassion. Yeah. Compassion is huge in, in this part of the, of the personal growth world. I know, we, I know we, we both talked last time of our mutual um, dislike of the traditional personal development world having both been in it for so long in in the past compassion is huge and it was a big one for me as i was learning all about this stuff exactly what you just said i remember at one point i sat down and chatted to my mum about her childhood and her upbringing and she just told me some stories about her mum yeah yeah and this like if you talk about trauma like we said that I had, a, I had a, a very, if you write, write down and describe my childhood on paper, very nice, very middle-class, very secure, no abuse. And I'd, and then in my mid-30s, I still realized I had loads of problems. When I started talking to my mom about her childhood, 
and then going back another generation to my nan's childhood. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, I'll, I'll share this one story, which I, I, I often share. My nan, who you know, passed away probably 20 years ago now, she was from the generation of lived through the World War Two. You know, literally, I always tell the story about when my mum was 70, my mum was 77 now, but when she was 70, I made her like a slideshow of her entire life photos. So put together photos from when she was a kid all the way up to present day. And and something I noticed in that slideshow was, which is a bit of a tangent, but makes the point, how slim everyone used to be 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. And what I realised was the diet that, you know, we all, you're trying to get get people back to now if you want to live a healthy life organic vegetables right. real <laughs> balanced real food that's what they had they that's all they had seven right. years ago right that's all, that's all they ate they would go to the shops and they would buy fresh vegetables every day yeah. because they didn't have lots of frozen food and they didn't have mcdonald's and they didn't it just didn't exist and they were all fairly healthy and slim um but one of the stories she told me about what happened to my nana because as i'd heard stories growing up about my nana what i realized as i got old was she had serious mental health issues she just lived in an era when that just wasn't a thing yeah we talked about mental health issues in 1920 and one of the stories my mom told me about her mom was her mom was the eldest of about nine children from a very traditional irish catholic background and she had an elder sister who died when she was a child so my nana was called Mary, and her her elder sister was called uh, Celia or Cecilia, and she died. And so my nana's mum, who you know, so we're going three generations back now. Yeah. Said to my nana when she was young, "Why did God take my Cecilia away from me and leave <laughs> me with you?" Oh, jeez. And. Whenever I tell that story, everybody reacts the same way. It's like someone punches you in the gut. It's yeah. like, imagine being a child and that being said to you, the, the scarring that you would take with that. And that's just one story that my mum knows. Think about right. everything else that probably happened to my nana in, her, in that generation. She wasn't hmm. protected. There was no one looking out for her. There was no social services even back then to look after right. kids. And then she's grown up and then she's had six kids of her own. She lost three children in childbirth. And then my mum was the eldest of those six. So this stuff was just passed down. And at each generation, every parent does the same thing. And I often talk to people like this who, who have a hang up about their own parents and, and the stuff that's passed on to them. Think about it. Every parent says, I will not pass on the shit that happened to me to my kids. That's what they intend to do. They int- it's good intentions. The thing I say to everybody now is, doesn't work that way. It's not that easy. If it was that easy, none of this shit would be passed on. The problem, all of the generations before us and people in our generation who are not doing this work, maybe for the person listening, if you are not doing this work, I guarantee you, this is not, this is not a possibility. It's not, you might pass stuff on. You are passing on the stuff that you don't like about your parents to your children. You just don't know you're doing it because it's subconscious in the same way that they passed it on to you. And, and if, when you think about it logically, no parent that I've ever seen or come across has purposefully said, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pass on all the, all the crap I had from my parents to my kids. 
No one does that. And yet that's what happens because it's all going on subconsciously. And that's where the compassion comes in because, and the taking responsibility that we touched on last time. Yes. As soon as you take responsibility and go, shit, I'm passing this on as well. Then you can have more compassion for the people who were above you and passed it down to you. Yeah. And there is, there is so much to dig into there. Because all that stuff that you just said is, I mean, just think about one occurrence three generations ago and forget about epigenetics, forget about the, just the stuff that's in the cellular makeup and the energy in the, in the cells of your blood from generations and what they dealt with. Mm -hmm. Then you have that verbal, that cognizant in, in the moment where a child instantly says, I'm not lovable, I'm not loved and I'm not safe. Right. And that is like the formula. Something's wrong here. Like, I'm not safe. I'm on my own. And their six year old or 10 year old brain starts to form this opinion that I'm not safe with these people. So there's a barrier that's now been put up. And then that goes on to love in general, or it goes on to, to relationships, other relationships where you don't trust people because you think, are they really in it? Because my mom said this. Are they, are this, is this guy really in it? And so I, let's dig into that because there's a, there's an easy way of, there, there's an easier way. Like I, I will, um, I will say to people, there's, there's an example that I know of that explains programming pretty easily in a, in a very non-traumatizing or seem to be traumatizing sense, which is, um, there's a, 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 three generations of women in, in, and they're bait and they're making a Thanksgiving meal and the grandmother, the mother and the daughter and the daughter and the mother are preparing a lamb leg they're putting it in a pan and the pan's huge and the lamb leg fits in there nicely. Yet the mother is cutting off the end of the bone, right? Like, like let's say six inches off the bone. And the daughter says, why do you cut the leg off? It fits. And she said, just what my mother did. And they turn to the grandmother and they say, hey, why do you cut the leg off? She goes, well, that's just what my mother did. And she goes, well, why? And he goes, well, because she didn't have a pan big enough because they were dirt poor when they came to this country from Italy and they didn't have a pan big enough. So they always cut the end off the leg. And you think about that and you go, well, that's kind of silly, kind of stupid, kind of simple. Yet at the same time, that programming right there, unconscious, subconscious programming, literally is is how so many aspects of your life work when you think about like why the hell did i just do that why did i just say that to my kid because that type of programming is it you have no idea why you do it yet three generations ago they did it because they were too poor to get a bigger pan today you do it because that's what generations have done and you consider it tradition meanwhile it, it's a it's a program from a scarcity-based mindset you don't even realize that. You just think it's a cooking. It's just a just tradition, just tradition in the kitchen from generations of my family. Yet, you know, when you look back at those three generations ago who were cutting the lamb leg off because they didn't have a pan that was big enough, you know, maybe they had alcoholism or maybe they had a, a mindset where uh, they couldn't get out of their own way and actually get a job to provide for the family in a in a in a uh, more of a meaningful way. You don't know. It, that all came with. The tradition of we just cut the leg off that's it i want you to really think about that audience that, that sounds it's so simple yeah we want to start thinking about programming 
in those terms? How have you been programmed? What are the things you do today that don't serve you at all? Probably never did serve you yet. You can start to illuminate them and subsequently eliminate them because they will not serve your, your life going forward. That's crazy to think about how many things were programmed by that we don't even know. It's, it's phenomenal. And, and it's, it's a simple and hugely powerful example. And for the, for the, for the people listening, if, if you're not already doing anything, this in your life, I promise you, you, there's a whole career in it for you. If you can grasp this yeah. and, and get good at it, because when I go into businesses, it's the same thing. I was, I was listening to Elon Musk talking about this in an interview a couple of weeks ago about when he, he you know, he goes, he goes into Tesla and he, he's on the, he goes to the factory floor and he's speaking to people in the factory floor because he, he's looking at things with fresh eyes. He's never built cars before. Yeah. And when you look at anything with fresh eyes, you can just go to the childlike mentality. Yeah. Why, why, mom, why do we cut off the bone? Nobody's asking that question. Right. He would say, why do we have this part of a car? And he was saying in this interview, he was being interviewed on a one-on-one thing, and he was laughing, saying, you would be amazed how many things are in normal cars that just do not need to be there. Yeah. Like, they're, ju- they're completely redundant. And he yeah. said he would stand there because he's never done this before, and he would say to somebody, why is that thing on top of the battery? And the energy reduction team would say it's not nothing to do with us it's the uh, vibration team the vibration team says it has to be there so then he would go to the vibration team and say this this thing that we put on top of the battery is there can we get rid of that do or do you, do you have to have it for vibration reduction and they'd say it's not us it's got nothing to do with us it's the noise reduction team that has that <laughs> and he would go and speak to each team and yeah. each team thought it was a different team and at the end of the day that he was like so nobody thinks we need this. And they'd go, oh, no, we just thought it was somebody else. And he'd take it out. And he said, we were taking hundreds of bits out of cars wow. that have just always been there. Because every time, think, I remember the, when I set up my first business, it was a law firm. So what did I do? The doc, like, we needed documents. Like, if you needed to transfer money from one client to another client, big business sale, you needed yeah. something to document it. So I took a document that I used. I used to work at huge international law firms. So in my mind, they're doing everything perfectly. Sure. They're huge. So I take the document that they use and I copy that. And then one day I'm sitting at my desk filling in this document thinking, why am I? I'm filling in like 20 <laughs> boxes. There's only five of us working in this company right. now. And, and as soon as I asked myself the question, why am I filling in this sheet? I, ch- I changed it. It was, a, it was a sheet that had about 150 boxes on it. You had to tick different things. And, and what I realized was that one document had been created over 50 years in this big firm. Yeah. Because someone would say, oh, we need another box for this. We need it. And once a box has been added, no one's coming along afterwards to say a year later, do we still need that box? Right. So you end up with this really complicated sheet that actually for the vast majority of transactions, you only need five boxes. So when you come with fresh eyes and I just, I just went from scratch and went with my law firm, forget everything I've learned before in the law yeah. firm I worked at. How can I do this? So it works right now. Like I was working with a business coach, another example in, in the law firm industry in the UK, you would do the work, then you would build the client and then they would have 30 days to pay. And yet then it would be another job in itself, chasing clients. Collect, for yeah. money. This has happened in so many businesses. This business coach came in, same thing, fresh eyes. He said to me, why don't, why don't you make clients pay up front? 
And I said to him, that's just not how it's done. And he went to me, why? <laughs> and I laughed and said, I don't know. Yeah. That's just the way everybody else does it. And he said to me, well, why don't you do it differently then? You do, you've already set up a law firm to be different to the, to the, to the mainstream. Why don't you do this differently? So overnight, I, I completely wiped out all cash flow problems inside the companies that I operate by saying to everybody, you pay me up front and you would lose maybe 2% of clients. Yeah. Those, and those clients who said to me, I'm not going to pay you up front, I would say, that's okay. You were never going to pay me anyway then. Right, right. So I don't want to do the work. If Fair. you want, do you want to buy, you want to buy something from Amazon? You have to pay them up front. Right. Most Dude. companies operator, you give me the money and then I yep. give you the thing. Yeah. So why am I giving you or, and especially when it's a, an information business, you know, right. I give you all of my knowledge and then say to you, will you pay me? Most people then go, well, actually there's someone else I've got to pay first over here. Right. You've already given me the thing I needed. And when you, this is all part of the same stuff going off on tangents again, but it's, no, it's still thing, part of it. Fresh eyes. Yeah. Looking at the same thing. This is programming in every aspect of your life, every single aspect. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think about, I mean, what, when, when you're talking about that, what I hear is how much of our lives are not run by us. They're run by the programs and how much authenticity and revealing that authentic self that's uh that's under the armor and under the protection and under the avoidance and under all the bullshit programming that you've had from your past your traumas everything like understanding what that actually is that that suit of armor feels like you and it's not you because the results you have for your life if they aren't every single thing that you want then clearly there's a program that you're running that doesn't equal the results that you know are possible. And you have to now illuminate and understand what part of me isn't me anymore. Oh, wow. A lot of it. Okay. And then you have to formulate a plan to, to eliminate it, to get rid of it. Or you're running the same formula, the same program, expecting a different result, which is insanity. Then I think about like, when you're saying that, I think about the amount of people that um uh are are like sheep sheeps in a herd right just following the next sheep in the business world in the investing world in the real estate investing world especially because that's just a world that i know really well in the podcasting world is done like that i do it like that and then there's people that come along like you or i that have a little bit of natural defiance that say i don't think that makes any sense why would i do it like that that's dumb now the defiance can get you in trouble and you'll learn, you'll, you'll learn what, what probably should have worked and you should have used that. And it is what it is. Maybe I'm like, I'm just happier doing my own thing. And you'll also learn the most important piece, which is, this is what I like, and this is what I want to do. And this is a part of my formula and I'm going to work this and I'm at peace with that. And I become a model for somebody else just because someone else has doesn't, it has done it doesn't mean it's a model for me. And that's, that's something hard to wrap your head around. Just because they've done it doesn't mean it's a model for what I'd like to do. Because maybe I'm a little bit different on the finish or a little bit different on this or different on that. Or maybe I want to produce a car that doesn't have any buttons inside. Like a Tesla is a very weird thing to get into when you're used to a car that has buttons and lights and everything everywhere. 
and you have a half a steering wheel on the plaid and a giant screen and these two paddles and that's it your brain's like something's wrong something's missing you know what i mean and it all goes back to the authentic self doing the work to find that authentic you is the most important thing you can do if you want clarity on what moves to make that are your own i had a conversation with my with my um social media managers this morning and i said to them i want to get one thing one thing really clear i am an introvert no matter how much people want to deny it i am majorly introverted i i i have an expertise in this area which allows me to free flow my passion and my power out of my mouth and with my hands and all that stuff right and it makes me look or sound extroverted that i have i believe most of my life fought myself on believing and 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 embodying and just being at peace with that introverted side of me and letting him just be I fought myself and said, no, dude, no. How come you're an extroverted over here and you hate people and crowds over here? And that's just you being insecure and, 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 you know, you got to get over that. And, and I think, honestly, man, I'll be 40 in a week. I think this year of my life, my 39th year has been the first year I've ever just said, I'm an introvert and I'm okay with that. And if other people don't like that, that's okay too. And I'm going to build my business and my social media based on the fact that I don't want to share every single aspect of my life. I don't want to go down there every day and give you three steps for this and 10 steps for that and 22 steps for this. And here's what I have for breakfast. And this is why it applies to you. And this is what I'm like, that's just not something that I like to do. And so I said to my guys this morning, this is what I'm choosing. I'm choosing to use my voice in the most powerful way possible to impact the most amount of people. And I, I'm hoping that you guys don't tell me that also comes with you on video and posting shit three or four times a day just to be that person. And cause I'm, I, that's not me authentically. And so they were like, no, dude, we support you. You're not going to post every day. You're not going to put constant calls to action out there. There are a couple because I am running a business. I do have to put a couple out there yet. The work that I've done on myself over the last, just say five years. And you know, this too have helped me align with the authentic guy so much so that next week on my 40th birthday all of the things that i imagine myself doing or going and experiencing they actually don't matter because the only thing that i'm really celebrating is that i have revealed the most authentic version of me and that is the biggest celebration you could ever imagine and i have become so at peace with that that it's like wow who who was i thinking about like my 40th birthday has to be this like extravaganza grand event you know how, how cool would it be just to spend it with my kids and just knowing intrinsically and in, in, inside that i've become the man i set out to be being wise not business wise not money wise not father wise not husband wise me ian the man has become the man that i knew i was capable of being that right there dude that right there eliminates 80 percent of the programming because now i know me and what i think and what i want and where the programming comes from, I get to choose whether I'm going to allow it to program me and put me into the next phase or not. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and and I absolutely I I love it, and I and I hope you give yourself loads of credit for that because that's something I I bang on about all the time in this work is giving yourself credit for for that work and for those breakthroughs is huge, and it ties into everything I believe in, which is when I was doing you know going through the first part of my change and life changes and learning things 
I just came to the conclusion, and that's what the, the book we spoke about last time is about, is that my work ultimately all comes down to one thing, which is how we feel about ourselves inside. Call it self-esteem or self-worth. But basically, the feeling that we're not good enough is what everything comes down to for me, which is why you know, the book is called How to Solve Any Problem in Life. And I say to people, I can help you solve any problem. And yeah. marketers hate that because they say, no, you've got to be more specific. Niche, more niche. Niche. Yep. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to say to you because and you give me a problem and I'll walk you down the street to show you how it's all about how you feel about yourself deep inside. Because whatever the, the thing is at the top level, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's a relationship issue or something that's going on in the business you run or something that goes on in work or with your kids. It comes down to how you feel about yourself inside. And once you get to the point where you feel about yourself, that you are good enough and who you are, exactly how you are is good enough, all of the other things fade away because all of a sudden that it's not that big a deal. What, what, because what, you real, what we come to realize is the reason we've got a problem with an employee in work is that we know we want to sack them, but, but we don't want to sack them because we, we worry what people will think of us if we sack them. And we worry what, what our dad would say about that if he found out we were just sacking this guy. And at the end, it's like, no, 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 I know in my soul, this person isn't right for this position. And I can help them find a new job and I can relocate them or whatever. But I know what I'm meant to do and I'm okay with that. And it's the same if you're talking to your kids. Whenever I do talk to people about parenting, people I know who parent who have good self-esteem, they, their kids don't irritate them. Their kids don't trigger them. Why? Because when a kid behaves like a kid and it's not triggering something deep inside you from from your shit that's going on from your childhood, yes. you can just smile at the fact that it's a kid being a kid. Yeah. And, and there are things that, you know, you may have to discipline them or you may have to teach them or you may have to do something, but it doesn't make you shout and scream. It just makes you go, you're not allowed to do that. And this is why. Yeah. So it's not this big problem anymore. And it's incredible how often... I come across things and when I explain this to people, when they really, people who are prepared to look at themselves, that they, they come to the same place, which where you are is, is phenomenal. And I love it. And, and it's worth saying as well for, for the people listening, that doesn't mean you don't have any problems in life. It yes. doesn't mean you don't face things. Like yeah. since we last spoke, my <laughs> year has been so challenging. Like yeah. it's like the universe has gone great. Think you've got all the answers. Yes. <laughs> Hey, we're now on level 43 of the game. Yeah. You know, you've, got, you've got to level 42. You've done really well. Here's the, here's the next level with the next super body. See how well you do with this. Yeah. And I go, okay. And there are times when I'm smashing it because the work I've done and the training I've done, and I'm really proud of myself. And then every now and then I'll slip because something will come up from the 38 years of programming. Right. I'll come out and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> And then in those moments, because I know deep down I'm good enough, I can come back, I can apologize if I've done something wrong, I can make things better and I can learn and move on. I, I, it's something that I think is really important. And it's, I've realized this this year as well, really important to share with people that everybody is fallible. We are all flawed. And no matter how much of this work you do, something I don't like about the superstars in the personal development space is they tend, whether they intend to or not, they tend to come across as though they've got it all figured out. You do, if you do what they say, you will be, you'll just live this dream life and it'll just be lovely every day. That's just yeah. not how it works. It's yeah. just not how life works. 
you will there will always be happiness and sadness and there has to be this is something else i talk well, about a lot now you've got to have that duality yeah. if you don't have sadness you can't have happiness so it's not even that you know people talk about positive and negative emotions and I, a long time ago i was like no emotions are just what we've been trained they are sadness can be beautiful if you understand it properly and you you know what it exists for even if you only think it exists so it's the flip side of happiness yeah. you should value when you feel sad because you can't experience happiness without sadness so when so you feel true. sad it's not just something to put up with you can say i actually quite like feeling sad and i have those moments now when i'm at yeah. my best where i'm like I, I feel down today or i feel sorry for myself today or i feel a bit depressed today what's good about this it means i need to sit inside watch tv and not do any work today eat some ice cream eat some chocolate look after <laughs> look after the little boy inside me you just need someone to put their arm around his shoulders and say it's okay today take a day off yeah that's okay yeah that's all part of it for the last month i've been on and off sick and i'm not sure if there's ever been a time in my life where i've allowed myself to just lay down like the first week of november i was sick and lost my voice had to cancel all my coaching calls cancel podcast recordings and my wife was like why don't you just go lay down and i'm like because we're, we're we're the company's growing and i've got so many little things to take care of and and then i thought to myself okay you know what i'm not going to run from this i'm not going to try and outwork this or ignore it i am just going to sit with it and i'm going to figure out what it's telling me and i think there's this there's a maturity and a level of peace that comes when you can sit with yourself and not distract yourself not run around and and you know avoid dealing with certain things i sat there for a good part of a week and just laid around the house and i got a couple things done but i emailed my team texted my team and said hey I'm, I'm down for the week like i'm feeling like crap and then shit last week or the week before it came back last week it came back again i was down all weekend not this past week and the weekend before and i started to develop a habit of i'm okay if i if i need to take some time i'm just going to take some time even though my company is in a crucial part of scaling right now it's what it looks like a year ago man what it's night and day difference absolutely night and day and i know the duality of the guy that you know, quote unquote, never got sick and was always going, popping Tylenols and doing whatever I had to do to just get through it. And then the guy today that's like, hey, I'm not feeling good. And I don't need to prove anything to you. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I'm not that tough. I'm working through some challenges. Clearly something's manifesting up in my body. Cool. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to work through it. And and being, being uh, sick the second time, like two weeks ago, allowed me to start thinking about my birthday and thinking, you know what? I don't, I don't actually need to go do anything. The celebration is just who I am. And that's not, and then all of a sudden this voice was like, yeah, that's a little avoidancey, man. That's a little escapey. You know, I think you're going to regret not doing something that you've always planned on. You've always dreamed of. You always marked this occasion. And I was like, no, I think I'm at peace with that. I'm at peace with just doing nothing just being my me because i get to start this next decade as this guy that dude that is the biggest celebration ever because any of those shit that i want in my life the, the doings all of that will come from who i am 
and the company that I created and the brand I created and the man I created and the family dynamic I created, all that comes from that. So it all goes back to you must do the work on the human. The human must get the priority. You, audience, you, you got to put you first. If you look at your schedule and it does not say me, personal or self first, your schedule is backwards. And you can tell me all day long, oh man, I've got this job and I got a side hustle and all this stuff and I'm so busy. You are not that busy to spend 20 or 30 minutes with yourself doing the work on you that radiates into every single thing else you do, right, Paul? Like that's that's it. It's the only way. And the the, the thing that the work does is it doesn't cure all of the problems. It helps you with formulas like the stuff that I do. It helps you with formulas to get through the shit faster. Right, just get through the shit faster, and maybe it stings less, and maybe it hurts less, or maybe it doesn't take you down for as long. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and yeah. that's the key for me. It's you know, it's something where at my de- at the depths of my darkness five years ago, something would trigger me. I'd feel depressed for three months. Now, three five months. years later, wow, yeah, five years later, the same thing can happen. I might feel depressed for a day. Yeah. Now I've coached people through stuff like this where they would then say, well, that's the failure. I'm like, why? And they'd be like, because I shouldn't feel depressed at all. I'm like, we've got all kinds of problems in this. Right. You're expecting to firstly get rid of a perfectly normal human emotion from your life that exists for a reason. Why does it exist? Let's come back to that in a second. And secondly, you're expecting to go from where you were which was depths of despair and suicidal thoughts to nothing. That's unrealistic. Unrealistic. And this, we see this throughout society, these unrealistic expectations and unrealistic goals in, in so many different aspects of, of what we see. It's, things are so black and white and so extreme. This, we've lost so much nuance. And the reality is, it, you've probably heard this, and, and but again, one of those things that's worth repeating again and again, because some people I still come across, you've never heard this little analogy. I, I first heard it from Simon Sinek, the author, years ago, but it's the, the oxygen mask on the plane, yeah. which is, you know, when they're giving the safety talk on a plane and they say, the if the oxygen masks come down, who should you put it on first? You. And the correct answer is you put it on yourself first. Why? Well, if you don't put it on yourself first, you're going to be dead at some point. <laughs> so if you've got a few kids that you're trying to help, by the time you get to the second or third, maybe you won't be here anymore. And that's right. not good for anyone. And it's an extreme example. And I've heard him say, life's not that extreme. And part of me goes, eh, I disagree. Because the reality is, if you, whatever roles you have in life, and we all have multiple roles, if you do not look after yourself first, you cannot be the best version of you in any of your roles. Right. And you, you may be able to get away with it for a while. You and I have both done this. We've both experienced it. And it sounds like we've both done it in recent times as well. You push it. You know, you, you'll take some painkillers. You'll, you'll get through those sleepless nights. But, but sooner or later, and the further down this path you, people go, they tend to believe more and more. I definitely do in the power of the universe and lessons coming through and things like that. Sooner or later, the universe will come along and slap you around the face. Yes. <laughs> say this is the, i've been trying to tell you I, i'll give you an example happened to me the, the, literally only a few weeks ago I've, I've had a heavy three four months my my dad got ill at the beginning of the year um it's a sad story but it's it's, it's worth sharing this stuff i think 
he got cancer and then he, he, he decided to stop treatment. And then I, I went around to their house one day, mom and dad lived together and he was really ill. So I moved in with them and you know, I'm 42 years old now. Yeah. The, the, the time for me to stay in the same house as my parents is long gone. And I have a limited tolerance for being able to do that. I moved in with them to help look after him. He, he deteriorated, he passed away. And then I stayed living with my mom to support her. Yeah. But I, I'd been there for three months. And in the middle of that, John, I'm still trying to run my business and do my things. And I'd scaled that down because I always say to people, humans are not designed to be able to deal with all of this stuff at once. So if, you've, if you write down on a list all this stuff you've got going on and it's heavy stuff, you need to prioritize one or two things and try and scale back the rest. Otherwise, you're just going to collapse. And I, something I learned from a coach about a year and a half ago now, two years, was that people who work for themselves especially, when you work for a company and they say you've got X number of days holiday a year, there is somebody monitoring your number of days holiday. And it's, you get to the end and you think, oh, I'm taking my days holiday, I need to take them. When you work for yourself, it's very easy to just go, I don't need a holiday. Right. And one of my coaches said to me, it's really important because I developed this new story, a new program, that because I've changed my life and I don't work full time, I don't need holidays because I don't work Mondays and I don't work Fridays. But what I'd forgotten was, because I work myself, I might not work Monday and Friday, but I do work Saturday. And I do sometimes work Sunday yeah. and, and Tuesday nights I'm working and I'm up early on Wednesday. And, and he said to me, it's really important that you sh schedule into your own life holidays. So after we'd had this talk, I went through my calendar for the year and every eight weeks, I decided eight weeks is about my run rate. Joe Threshold, yeah. Sprint. Yeah. So every eight weeks, I just blocked out in my calendar one week off, one week off. Hmm. And, it, and it came to that eight weeks about six weeks ago now and i saw the eight weeks in my calendar and i went to myself i know i'm meant to take a week off but i can't i've got too much on i'm looking after my mom i'm picking my business back up after the few months i've had off dealing with a new relationship I need to give that more attention new step kids in that relationship I need to give them some attention so i didn't take the week off at the end of that week i was having a bath to try and relax as I got out of the bath, I passed out and, and fell. Luckily, luckily, because this happened to me before, I'd sort of sat down on the side of the bath and then on the toilet, but still passed out, banged my head and gave myself a concussion. No. Ended, up, ended up in hospital and they gave me a brain scan. Everything was clear, but the, as, as the doctor in the hospital said this to me in the, in the accidents and emergency department, equivalent of your ER, as he said this to me, it was the, the way I pictured it was the universe tapping me on the head and saying, I've been trying to tell you this. So we're going to do it officially. The doctor yeah. said to me, you have to take some time off. No screens, no phones, no phone calls. That's it. You're off. Oh. And I went and I smiled to myself and I went home and laughed. And I said to the universe, thanks. Because It was literally the week before was my should have been my scheduled week off and I yeah. ignored it so the universe came in and slapped me on the face and said take a week off and th this is the key we have to because I'd reached that point where I can't be the best version of me to help look after my mom or to be the best partner or to be the best coach right. if, if you're trying to coach somebody you know what that's like yeah. and you're you're feeling pulled from all parts and you're not feeling your best it's so difficult to give that person the space they need and the time yeah. they need and the attention they need. So at that point, I was like, right, 
break, <laughs> take some time, recharge. Yeah. And, and it's challenging to do that. It's n- n- we're not sitting here denying that. It's challenging to do that, especially as an entrepreneur. I, I, um, building a business, building a coaching business, you know, you're, I have a lot of one-on-one clients, I have groups, I have masterminds that I'm hosting. So like a week off for me is, it's, it's logistically doesn't work right now. Plus I got kids, plus I got all this stuff going on, plus I got a little Turo business I'm running. There's a lot of little stuff going on. And so the answer isn't, can't take a vacation now. That's not the answer right? Or the universe will bring you what you asked for. I have guys all the time to come to me and go, yeah, man, I really want to quit my job, really can't. And then the universe goes, I'll help you quit your job. I'll get you fired. Yeah. You know, or I'll get your, I'll get your uh, position, you know, uh, terminated or, or, you know, downsized or whatever. And then you get to stand there in that space and go, oh shit, this is what I wanted. Oh God, this is scarier than I thought. What do I do? So like I change environments. I moved from Baltimore to Los Angeles, which I think is paradise. Then I can be at the beach every day in exactly between 20 minutes and two and a half hours. And I say that only because of LA traffic, man. I'm eight (laughs) miles from the beach. And one day it took me two and a half hours to get home. Some days it takes me 20 minutes. And so every third week I work from my car from a different spot around LA, mountains, ocean, city, sitting down in Beverly Hills, sitting in West Hollywood, sitting down at the Grove in the farmer's market, like just a different energy. And I find it is, it's, it's enough for my brain to remove me from like this studio, sitting here every day in front of my computer every single day. Dude, I bought a, I bought a little table that fits over my steering wheel for my laptop and I work from my car. And I think it's, I think it's just awesome. And then every weekend, every afternoon, we're, we're doing something, right? We are technically going on some kind of trip or vacation almost every day, which helps that piece of, I have a growing business. I can't really just take off a week. I have clients that count on me. And now the other thing my coach said to me is, hey, as your business scales, man, you're getting busier and busier and busier. How are you going to plan for time for you, more time for you? And I thought, I think every four weeks, I'm just going to have no calls, no masterminds, no group coaching, nothing like Ian's off. And I lay on the couch and I can watch TV for a week or I can go to Hawaii or I can go to the beach and just chill. So we're building that into, or I'm building that into my calendar just to know this is what I need because you don't want, there's too much, there's too much momentum from what we've done. Too much, too much being like momentum being built up. We can't go down. You know, like that's, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. Forget about all the programming and all the hustle and grind mentality that we have somewhere, you know, buried in there that we've been taught and luckily shed most of it. Yeah, dude, I completely agree with you. The universe will put you down if you don't listen. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's, it's funny because it does tie back into programming because that question inside your head and I, I literally had to check myself with it the other week. I always say inside our heads is, is like a Google search engine and the way most people put questions into their own Google search engine is they'll put it in like this. Give me all the reasons I can't take a holiday right now, or to give me all the reasons I can't take a break or to give me all the reasons I can't recharge. 
And of course, Google, it's a, it, your brain works exactly the same way Google does. It will give you the search results you ask for. Whereas if you say, and I was doing that to myself the other week, whereas if you say, how can I? How can I do the thing I want to do? You then come up with all of these, these creative ideas. You know, I was the same. I can't take a week. I can't go away. I can't, I wanted a holiday. I can't. Well, I, what I can do is get an Airbnb just down the road yeah, and take a few days out or just take a weekend there. I mean, yeah. my girlfriend go there and we'll, you know, we'll just have a couple of nights together. Yeah. Same as you, you say that. I love that idea of Joe driving and being in different spots. And even as you said then about the, the thing over the steering wheel, my brain went, okay, make a note of that. I didn't know you could <laughs> I'll send there. you a link. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a great idea. Because yeah. yeah. I've thought a similar thing. When, when I've got no, when I'm you know, living with my mum to help support her, I, I really need space. I'm the same as you. you know, I'm, a, I'm an introvert who trained himself to be an extrovert. And people, yeah. I have the exact same problem. People are like, no, no, you're an extrovert. and like, introvert, yeah. You, you can't tell me what I am. Like, I, I know <laughs> I like to sit by myself a lot. <laughs> like, yes. I know. Yes. And, and it, it dawned on me a few weeks ago, my private space that I've got when I don't live by myself is my car. So that is a solution is a great idea. So for the person listening, this is the thing. There's always ways around stuff. There's always a solution. There's always something creative you could do, but you've got to change the question you put into the search engine. And that's part of the programming as well, because most of yeah. us will have had the programming that it just is the way it is. Life is just the way it is. Like life is shit. Life is hard. You're meant to be unhappy. You're meant to do this until you're 65 or 70. You know, you're meant to be in an unhappy relationship. That's just what everybody has. Kids are meant to upset you. The, when you challenge all of this program and all of these stories, that's when yeah. life gets really interesting. It's language we're talking about. And, I, and, and this applies for guys that are retired, guys that have sold their businesses, guys that have gotten this financial freedom, guys that have, have exited the traditional wheel, let's say, right? There's, I, I had this talk with a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago. There, you, the programming doesn't end because you got quote unquote financially free. This is the conversation I have with a lot of guys who are seeking financial freedom. And I'm like, seek personal internal freedom. Financial freedom comes and then your ass is free. Because now you can sit on a beach and do nothing or you can go invest in another company or you can go and do the hobby stuff that you always wanted to do. And you needed like, you know, you know, you want to learn how to fly a, a, a jet airliner. Well, you need, you need a lot of hours in training and now you've got the time for that. Or you want to learn how to race cars. Now you've got the time for that. The programming you drag along, if you're not changing the one thing that Paul, you're saying is language. Like change the question you input into the search engine is sounds so simple and it's not. It is very complex and it has a lot of result to it that you probably want. You just don't realize how much that impacts language and environment are two things that we just talked about in the last 20 minutes. I change my environment constantly because sometimes my, my own home is not the most productive or conducive environment for what I need in that moment. And I'm listening to myself and my body. So like my car gets back from Maturo today, tomorrow and Wednesday, I don't have podcasts. So I'm on coaching calls down in I'll pick a place. I might go to the beach. I haven't seen the beach in like a week and a half. I might go to the beach. It's cold as hell here too. Well, it's 50. Let's, let's be honest. It's 50. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm programmed. Yeah, maybe you're speaking to someone in the UK. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm programmed from, from, uh, um, the East coast where it's like brutal, not brutal compared to anybody talking from Canada or Minnesota. 
They were brutal enough. I don't like the cold, so they were brutal enough for me. Out here, I've taken that programming off that 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 19 degrees is cold and 50 and rainy is cold and miserable. So just a new set of programming. Anyway, I, I'm going to change my environment and I'm going to make sure that I'm watching my language. In our MOP life formula, and audience, if you don't know what that is, hit me up on Instagram or go on mentalpurpose.net and you'll find some stuff that you can download. Our MOP life formula has environment and language as one of the first two pieces or components of the formula that equals the result of your life. Remember, personal development is quantifiable. You can measure it if you're formulaic about it. So when you add environment and you add language together, if you are in a shitty non-conducive environment and your language literally is putting you backward at every moment and you're expecting a different result, you now illuminated the part of your formula that is no longer working. And so you have to ask yourself, well, where can I go? When can I go there? And what can I do? And who can I talk to? When do I want to get it done by? Where, you know, all the who, what, when, where, why enrollment questions, you now have the opportunity and it's your responsibility to go do that. Ask yourself those questions. How do I change my environment? And how, what, what language can I use that will get me a different result here? That's, your, that's on you. That's change in a moment, right? That's your job responsibility, accountability, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's on you yeah. as a human. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like language, I mean, you mentioned environments as well. They're two huge things. Language, something I always say to people, and I, in, in my previous life in the, in the traditional personal development world, I became an NLP practitioner and loved it. And I still do. And, it, but a, and a big part of NLP is language and, and huge. combine that with, I was a lawyer. Being a lawyer is all about language, very specific language. Like, you know, as lawyers, you will have an, you have a, an, an argument about whether the comma should come before the end or after the end, or it's right. crazy how what the detail you get into. But when you get into this world, it helps you because I see this even in debate. I see people having debates on TV about things and big arguments. And I'm like, you haven't even defined what you're talking about. Right. You haven't even like, I mean, without going down rabbit holes, you know, so there'll be a conversation about racism. And they don't, they don't even say at the start of the conversation, this is, this is what we mean by racism. Right. This is what, this is what we're talking about. So everyone's having these big arguments and you think you don't even know you're talking about the same, right. the same thing, right? Because right. you, you all mean different things. And this, again, this translates into your relationships. Yeah. It translates into every aspect of your life, into your work. Then the number of times, if you can just say to somebody, when you said X, what did you mean? Yeah. Because when I hear that word, this is what I think. And the number of times you can do that and you'll realize you're talking about completely different things with someone. And that's why you've got a disagreement or an argument. Uh-huh. And then you bring that to yourself. You, you know, you, I always say to people, and this is an NLP thing, the words that are coming out of your mouth are just an insight into what's going on in your brain. Yeah. Like, and it, the, what's coming out of your mouth is, is usually about 10, 20% of how strong it is inside your brain. So yeah. if, you're even, if you're talking negatively about yourself outwardly, inside here is 10x 10 10 times that yeah, yeah easy easy and then your environment is massive something i say to people all the time is you can do this work as much as you want and i've coached a lot of people when i when i start doing this like i changed my environment i you know got rid of businesses i left a marriage i even moved out to the country for a while i've coached many people who have done this work and not changed anything of their environment they stayed in the same job in the same relationship in the same relationship and and something i've realized over time every one of those people no matter how much progress they made and some of them made ridiculously ridiculous progress 
sooner or later, their environment comes back to bite them because the, the very simple analogy I always give is this work allows you to, to, to put your hand in a fire and to keep it there for a bit longer than you used to be able to. But that doesn't mean we want to stand with our hand in a fire. So, for example, I couldn't go back now to be a corporate lawyer. That environment, no, you, you know, too much. Not, yeah, it, it, it would not be conducive to, to the life I want to live. Right. I just, I just couldn't do it. So if I stay, if I stay in that environment, I'm not going to be able to be the person I want to be and live the life I want to live. Another example I had, it was a guy I was coaching in. He was a head chef of a restaurant in Dubai and he was doing great work and he was doing really well. And then he hit a ceiling and I said to him, but where do you want to go from here? And he said to me, the picture I have in my head is, is being like, like a Zen monk. And I said to him, okay, brilliant. Describe to me what you see. What does the picture look like? And he picture, he described what we, everybody probably pictures the same thing. A bald guy in a robe in the Himalayas. Yeah. And I said to him, yeah, I see it. It looks very Zen, looks very peaceful, feels very peaceful. I went, how many of those guys have you ever seen run a restaurant in Dubai? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? And I said, you take any one of those Zen monks and put them in your work environment. I give them 10 minutes before they right. break. Right. You're already way more peaceful than they are in your environment. You're, you're like a Jedi inside that restaurant, <laughs> but you cannot stay inside that environment and expect to progress past where you are because it's not designed for that. You've got to make a choice at some point. And it's okay if you want to stay there. If you want to stay as a head chef in a busy, busy restaurant for whatever reasons, that's okay. But, but get, get to a place where you're at peace with where you are. Yeah. Because you, you can't achieve the thing you've got in your head. It's expectations again. The story you're telling yourself about where you want to be, it's just not feasible to do that inside where you are. No. And, and, and there's, a, there's a part of it that comes with, like our formula, the, the MOP, um, purpose-driven formulas, illuminate, eliminate, calibrate equals acceleration. So you don't, no more grind and hustle. Acceleration happens naturally when those other three pieces are working. And so you're illuminating the things that are working and not working. And you, you are crazy if you think you can't change your environment or th that you can stay in the same environment, right? And some of that is, some of that is um, uh, your physical environment in the house, your room, your car. It's in your head, the environment in your head the environment you create at your office or your job. There's a lot of different environments there. You have to take a look at all of them. Then you have to look at how language plays in. And those are just two aspects. Forget about beliefs and programming. Beliefs and programming affect those two things. That's like another layer. And it is crazy. And I'll tell you there, it, you, you have to become at peace with letting go of things that don't serve you anymore. That was a great, great, uh, um, speech from Tyler Perry. And he says, some people are meant to be with you for a moment, a week, a month, a lifetime. And most people aren't going to be comfortable with the altitude that you take them to. So just like a rocket booster, they're going to go with you and they're going to peel off. And I think this year, I was thinking about it this year, I've eliminated the most amount of people out of my life. And it's been the best year ever people that don't serve anymore, that I don't serve anymore, that aren't going to where I'm going. 
And so they peeled off halfway first, first month. I peeled a couple off, a couple boosters off. And it's not saying I'm, it's not saying like, well, you use people. Uh, listen, I, I was a booster for them too. We're both boosters in each other's lives. And that environment that that type of relationship creates, you got to pay attention to that too. You got to understand when, when a relationship has reached its course and the boosters are now starting to, they need to peel off or the, the rocket can't get into the type of orbit that it intended to, or you're being held down and resentment will start to form. So just think about the environment that your friendships are creating and are they actually serving you and would it make more sense to move on from them without saying like, oh, but I've been friends 20 years. Oh man, uh, are you looking to hit your intended orbit or not? And it's not selfish and it's not mean. Your life depends on it. Your impact on the planet depends on it. Your mission, the entire vision you have, the purpose of your life depends on you making choices like that. Sometimes they're challenging. Necessary though. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the challenging thing is, is to keep it. The, the, yeah. Like it's, this is not meant to be easy. We touched on this last time. Like if it was meant to be easy, everyone would be doing it already. <laughs> the, the rewards, it's like everything in life that the biggest rewards come at the end of the hardest paths. Yeah. And this, I'm, I'd be interested to hear if you agreed with this, like considering what I'd done in my previous life in the sort of traditional, try and get to the top of the business world, entrepreneurship, grind, yeah. hustle, all of that. That was, doing that was tough in a traditional sense. Doing this work, facing yourself, yeah. looking at your own darkness, taking you know those moments where you take responsibility and you and you look at yourself and you have to go nope this is on me when you're talking about tough work that is the toughest work you can do yes because, and that's why most people do not want to do it and the number of people i'm sure you experience this as well inside your own family friendship groups and this is why again environments you can't stay you can't stay around the same people and expect to grow if they're not coming down this path with you I love the thing about the, the the rocket and the peeling away. It makes perfect sense. And yeah, I've I've had a very similar year with with that sort of thing, and and getting more and more at peace with that process, and being like, just because you used to be very close friends with somebody, and now you're not anymore, doesn't change the past. No. You still had a lovely, beautiful friendship, and when you Agreed. reflect on things, I look at my parents and their generation. How many people are they still friends with now that they were friends with when they were 16? Very few. And they One. didn't go on the they didn't go on the growth journey that you and I have been on. Right. When you've been on the growth journey that we've been on, it's inevitable that you're going to resonate with different types of people. Yes. Because as soon as you sit down with someone and you know they don't have an open mind, they don't <laughs> have a growth mindset. With the best will in the world, you might have loved them when you were 20 years old. You might have had great nights out. Even I've given up drinking this year. Know, I've too. been playing around with it Me for too. years. My all of my old friends are heavy drinkers. God. So like <laughs> the, the, the the environments in which I would hang around with them are pubs and places where you drink. Now I can keep going to those environments. Yeah. But the chances of me living the life I want to live, which is alcohol free and hanging around in those places, it reduces the chances of me being where I want to be. Right. The intended the orbit. The intended orbit. Exactly. Those rocket boosters can't get you to the intended orbit. Yeah. Just is what it is. Well, dude, uh, another great episode in the books, my friend. <laughs>
another great love episode. Talking, yeah, love talking to you as always. Yeah, thanks, man. I I uh, I, I I purposely did not set an agenda. I just wanted to wrap back and forth with you. I think we got some really great stuff out here, and the audience is really going to enjoy it. Um, Paul, where can people find you, find your book, and anything else you're doing? Best best place to go now, and I've, this has evolved over the year, but is just to go to the website. Uh, very similar. We are very similar on this stuff. I know we are. I just I just want to get as much free stuff out to people as I can. Yeah, me too. And so the website is is Paul with the number seven cope dot com. There's a link on. There's a tab on there. But if you if you if you put slash free stuff, there's a page that just tells you all the free stuff you can get um, by joining my community, which is just you know joining the mailing list. You can unsubscribe at any time. But you, that gets you free book chapters, free training. Um, there's free content, more free content coming on uh, social media as we speak, YouTube, podcasts, all that stuff. That's the best place to go and check it out. And I love then, it, man. You know, from there, whatever you need. It's nice to be. It's nice to be in a container with somebody else who's who's fully committed to doing the work on themselves. You know, and who doesn't sit on here and go, "Hey, man, I, I I've worked through all of it." I can tell your audience about anything. And I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work too well. Because here's the thing, at every every level that that rocket gets to, at every level that you get to, you are going to see new stuff that you never saw before as the person that you were, right? You're never going to see... At level at level thirty two, you're never going to see the stuff that you're going to see at level thirty eight when you're opening and opening and constantly uh, uh, illuminating your life and the and the world around you. You're never going to see that stuff the same. You're always going to see it more clearly as you go, especially as you get higher too. The higher up you go, the more illuminated the the, the ground becomes. So it, it's always enjoyable to chat with you, man. We're going to do Likewise. a part three. We'll we'll do a part three. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. More more than happy to come back anytime. As you yeah. as you said right at the start, and this is the funny thing about this stuff, isn't it? When especially when you're talking to someone who's got the exact same attitude to life, you can just talk endlessly. Yeah, and you can talk about the same thing a year later, and it's a different conversation anyway. So different feel. Yeah, totally, totally. So, Paul, thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for yeah. having me on again. My pleasure. Audience, I hope you liked this episode. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes or wherever you like, you know, wherever you like to listen. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating and a review. Make sure you check out mentalpurpose.net for all things mental purpose. Our free stuff. Our our community, our products, our coaching stuff, our mastermind stuff, our retreat stuff, everything on there, mentalpurpose.net. We love you. We'll catch you on the next one.